Welcome back to another episode of The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle and I am your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women which really seeks to resource them for growth. We seek to do this through The Genius Podcast, which drops every Tuesday, the Masterclass for Catholic Women, as well as a host of online courses and resources that are available on the website. So if you're interested in these things, please visit the website www www.geniusproject.co. We are currently taking a group of women through the Masterclass for Catholic Women and we have a wait list for the next intake which will begin and kick off in June. So if you're interested in this, please send me an email, karen at geniusproject.co. The Masterclass is an incredible opportunity to deep dive into looking at these rhythms of renewal in our life, how we can actually build out a life by design and live a life of wholeness in Christ because wholeness is holiness. And as women, we want to be living in the fullness of who God created us to be. So if you find yourself in a state of depletion, exhaustion, burnout, just living chaotically and frantically, then this masterclass could be exactly what you need to get some order back in your life and to work towards living a life of wholeness, the life that Christ has intended for you to live. So once again, if you're interested, my email is karen at geniusproject.co. Well, today we are going to be deep diving into one of the topics that we spent a whole module on in the masterclass, and that is building out routines and schedules for our lives that will actually see us flourishing in life. And living a life of wholeness, the life that we're actually meant to be living, we are not supposed to be operating in survival mode. We're just not. That's not the life that God wants us to be living. However, so many women are. So many women, and I have been there myself, are living in survival mode. They are just getting through each day doing what's right in front of them. And that's okay for a certain time if you are surviving a crisis. But that's not how we are intended to live long term. And it actually has really negative impacts on our health, our mental health, our physical health, our spiritual health, when we're living in survival mode for too long beyond the actual crisis itself. And so what I want to do in this podcast today, and I invite you to start thinking about, is how you can begin to establish some healthy routines for your life. Because when you actually take that step, towards being intentional about how you're living, then you do start to take some control back. So instead of being a victim to your life and your circumstance and reacting to everything that comes across your path, you can actually begin to respond instead of reacting with intention. And this is incredibly powerful and it's something that I really want to invite you into during our time together on the podcast today. I think I've shared this scripture with you before, but it's the one from 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 7, where it says, God has not invited us into a disorderly and an unkept life, but into something holy and beautiful, as beautiful on the inside as it is on the outside. And I really love this scripture and I really connect with it, especially when we're talking about building out routines and establishing routines that will see us Living a life that is ordered, but not just ordered for ordered sake, but ordered towards God and the things of God. And so in this episode, what I'd love to do is just share with you some insights that I've had through reading the work of St. Benedict and his rule of life, 
And then some tips and ideas on how you can actually do this in your own life. You know, I can't actually remember the exact moment or where I actually came across the St. Benedict rule of life. But I know in recent years, it's something that I've been drawn back to time and time again when we're looking at ordering our life. As I've shared with you before, 2020 was like a full-on year with COVID and everything that happened. And as I reflected on St. Benedict's rule of life, it really helped I guess bring a sense of control back about what I could actually do to help myself in the midst of what felt like a chaotic year with everything that was going on with COVID. So I want to share four or five points here, insights into Benedict's rule of life. And I don't know if you know much about St. Benedict, definitely worth looking into because he really understood the juggle of everyday life. He observed monks in communities and lay people, and this is how he came about writing the rule of life from his observation. And this rule of life gives us a glimpse of helpful daily habits and practices. It's really like a biblical blueprint for whole living, living this whole life in Christ. And his core premise was that the way in which we do things matters. So if you could sum up his motto, motto, it would be to work and pray. And so these are a couple of insights that I'd love to give you from his rule of life before we dive into an overhaul of our actual routines in our own life. So the first point was that a life of wholeness depends on faithfulness to God's will. So St. Benedict dealt with the concrete reality of everyday living. And for him, holiness and living a life of wholeness was actually grounded in fidelity or faithfulness to God's will. In amongst all the competing demands on our time and energy and all the things that we have on our to-do list, his core premise was that it is actually our faithfulness to God's will in the midst of all of these competing demands and the mundane tasks that we are called to do. So the core question for this point is, what is God asking of us? So when you are stuck at home with young children or if you're stuck in an office and you're feeling stressed and you're not getting on with the people that you work with, what is God calling you to in that moment? So the way that you interact with those situations is actually what really matters. The second insight from his rule of life is that the way you do things matters than what you actually do. So he really believed, as did many of the saints, in the sanctification of our work, in the sanctification of our everyday lived experience. And this was a really big focus in his writings. Sometimes the very tasks that we regard as trivial time wasters, such as changing nappies or taking out the rubbish or doing the groceries, those may in fact be the tasks that are keeping our egos in check. And in doing so, that is actually bringing balance to our lives. It keeps us humble and it keeps us focused on why we are doing what we're doing. The reason we do anything, of course, is to make Christ known and to bring glory to him. So the question for you here is, how can you bring glory to God in cleaning the kitchen, in your workplace, in your ministry, in your marriage, in your family, in your friendships? How can you bring glory to God and make Christ known to that one person who needs you when you feel you have no spare time? How can you bring glory to God in your family and the endless car trips that are made in a single day? And I think this is a really beautiful shift because 
As women, we are faced with so many mundane tasks in every single day. But if we can approach them with a different posture, if we can come at those tasks with a posture of what is God asking of me? And then how am I engaging in this task? So am I engaging in the tasks of shopping and cleaning and doing those chores from a place of resentment and bitterness? Or am I saying to myself, okay, I am serving my family in this way and offering that as an offering and and interceding and praying for our family as we are carrying out those tasks. And this one mindset shift alone is revolutionary. Like it can seriously, totally shift how you are feeling, your state of mind and how you are engaging with those people who are the closest to you. So that's point number two, the way that you do things matters more than what you're actually doing. The third point is that all things are only possible with grace. Rather than there being seven steps to become more efficient or a 10-step plan to conquer your calendar, the underlying theme in St. Benedict's Rule is a reliance on grace in all areas of work, in all tasks that come across our plate, is a reliance on grace. And he begins by acknowledging that everything that we do, our talents, our life, our work, Even our responsibilities of whatever season we find ourselves in, those things are in fact a gift from God. And God gives us freedom to use our gifts and our talents and to make choices about what we do with our time. But ultimately, the fruitfulness of our choices and our labor is a gift from God. It is grace alone. So all things are only possible through the grace of God. Everything is grace. Everything is a gift, as St. Therese of Lisieux said. And so we really need to keep this in mind. When we are encountering an endless to-do list and we have many tasks to get through in a single day, just coming back to this reliance on grace, this prayer, I know Mary Lenneberg has shared this, I can't, Lord, but you can. And so then just prioritizing what we need to do, but understanding that grace is at work through all that we do. So point number four, or insight number four from his rule of life is that we also have to work within our limitations. And this is part of admitting our powerlessness, that we cannot do everything. There's that classic saying in culture that says you can have your cake and eat it too. Well, I want to tell you that is simply not true. We are finite and there actually are limits on what we can achieve in a single day. But I think as Catholic women, sometimes we can get caught up in, I guess, the mindsets of the world and we can forget this fundamental truth. And I think we are living in an age of such that values productivity above the person. It's a very self-sufficient culture that we live in. And this self-sufficient secular culture does not do well with limitations. Self-help and personal development are all about overcoming our limitations, which is important. But as Catholic women, it has to be done with Christ. Otherwise, it can lead to this sense of failure and defeat when we're actually not able to overcome them. And while St. Benedict does encourage us to be transformed in Christ, he also is very human. I love his humanity because he highlights that sometimes we're simply unable to overcome our limitations. And in his rule of life, he does provide some tips on what to do when we fail, which is very good. But I think we do live in this culture of perfectionism and of striving and of productivity, and it does shortchange us as Catholic women. 
I know that I have struggled with this at times and I've shared with you we had a a six-year journey with infertility and this was one of the hardest things that I think came out of this season for me is that we live in an age where science and medicine can fix pretty much everything. And so it was quite confronting to be confronted with the limitations of science and, and this culture that actually wasn't able to bring resolution or to help us conceive a child. And the worldly approach to this situation was do more, try harder, do IVF, you know, push more. But for us as Catholics, it actually comes back to this fundamental act of obedience and surrender of saying to the Lord, okay, what is your will for me? And in my particular situation, and your situation will be different. You might be facing financial difficulty or health challenges or challenges in your marriage or workplace, whatever it is. And you're crying out to the Lord for a breakthrough. You're crying out for him to change things. But for whatever reason, those limitations remain. And I think that actually in that lies an invitation, if we can so be open to it. And it is an invitation to actually draw deeper to the Lord and to draw deeper to him in utter surrender and dependence. And I really have found this time and time again in my own life. It's like the 11th hour when we actually give way, when we actually surrender to him. He comes through for us in a different way. And sometimes it's a a way in which we haven't expected. But I do believe that he gives us grace for each day. And I've shared this in previous podcasts. Jonathan had this insight into the Lord's Prayer where he says, give us this day our daily bread. So God's grace is simply for today. And so with whatever limitations you're facing in your life, whether they be limitations you're placing on yourself through your mindsets and lack of forgiveness or permission that you're giving yourself, or whether they're external limitations that have been enforced upon you by other people or circumstances or situations, whatever that is, God wants you to work within those limitations. And we need to understand that he is still at work in this. And he reminds us, St. Benedict reminds us that God sometimes permits certain crosses in our life to help us remember our dependence on him. And 2 Corinthians 12 verse 8 to 10 highlights this when, when they're saying, you know, when I am weak, I'm actually strong. It is in my weakness that we turn to the Lord and he does provide what we need. He does give us the grace for each day. But as you and I both know, it can be immensely challenging to be content with our limitations. And it requires in us a particular obedience and humility. And I think also a challenge to be present to the present moment and also to trust that God is going to provide. And in accepting our limitations and relying on God, this has a way of drawing us out beyond ourselves to this dependence on him. And so that question that St. Benedict asks us to ask of the Lord, what is the Lord asking of us in this situation? What is he asking of you in your current situation of life? So he's not suggesting a passive surrender here. He, he wants us to set routines. He wants us to be proactive in overcoming the limitations in our life. But what he's saying is there needs to be an awareness 
that sometimes we're not able to overcome those limitations and that's okay. But to keep returning to Christ and asking for his grace, his strength and his breakthrough. So if you're struggling in these areas, I really encourage you to read St. Benedict's Rule of Life, especially in this area of what to do when we fail, what to do when we fall. Okay, so insight number five that I'm going to give you, we'll move through these fairly quickly because I want to really look at building out this routine, like how can we practically do this in our life? This is a little bit of the theory behind it before we engage in that practice of doing an overhaul of our routines. So insight number five is actually to establish routines and schedules that reflect your priorities. Now, this sounds very modern, But St. Benedict wrote this many, many years ago in the early centuries, and he devoted much of his time to outlining schedules that ensured the monks in his community had time, and I want you to listen, they had time to pray, to eat, to work, to read scripture, to rest, and to play. And so he saw all of these things as integral to living a whole and a peaceful life. He saw that the daily routines and schedules, he saw these as a concrete expression of our priorities and a reliable way to keep the main thing the main thing. You see, if we have clear routines to follow, it takes the guesswork and the chaos out of each day and it brings order, peace and calm to the way we engage in what we have to do during a day. So there are a couple of insights that I came across and I just really loved. Actually, I heard someone give a talk breaking these down many years ago and I can't even remember where it was, but I found them actually in my journal. And so they really helped me in structuring my life and I guess providing a springboard into the practical work of establishing life-giving routines. And that's some of the work that I've done in my my own life. And it's something that I really want to share with you in this podcast and to get you really thinking about your routines in your own life. So we're going to take a look at our morning routine and our evening routine. And I really want to encourage you to start to reclaim that first and the last hour of every day because they're the hours that bookend your day. And they're actually really sacred times to, I guess, regroup and gather with the Lord so that you are carrying the Lord into everything that you're doing. And so I really want to encourage you to take a look at your morning and your evening routines, because when you can build those out in a way and establish routines that will see you flourishing, then it provides this sense of order and calm. And it makes you feel like you have a sense of control over your life instead of your life running you. And and I think when we feel like our lives are running us, we just feel like everything's in chaos, right? And we don't actually make very good decisions. We're not living from a place of intention and a place of wholeness. But when we come before the Lord at the start and the end of each day, we're really inviting him into everything that we're doing. And this is absolutely crucial. And so I think that as women, we can underemphasize and undervalue the importance of having both a morning and an evening routine. And, you know, so often we go out into the world and we begin our day and there's so many demands and pressures on us and our soul is getting pulled and tugged in all different directions. And so at the start of the day, if we can bring our soul to Christ and we can center our soul in Christ, then we can take him into our every day. And the same at the end of the day, after we've been out in the world and we've been busy and hustling and having a healthy evening routine 
just allows us to come back to Christ, not only Christ, but to come back to ourselves and to, I guess, regroup within our own soul so that we are living with intention. I think this is really important and you'll hear this as a theme in the podcast at the moment because we're working through all of this, like really deep diving into all of this in the Catholic Woman's Masterclass And I think so often as women, you know, we're raised in a particular way that values productivity and values the hustle. We're not actually given the skills to live this way and to engage in life this way. And so the masterclass is very much about giving women skills and tools to help them live a life of wholeness and an invitation, I guess, to rebuild your life so that you are living from a whole place and a place of intention. I mean, you might not be able to relate to this, but I think most women are overextending themselves and they're ignoring their heart, they're ignoring their soul, they're ignoring their health in the process. And they feel like my feedback from a lot of women is that they feel like their life is out of control and they're actually craving a better way to live, a way that responds rather than reacts. And so what I'd like to do in these last few moments is to just take a look at first our morning routine and then our evening routine. So let's begin by taking a look at how to establish a healthy morning routine because really it's our morning routine that sets the framework for the day ahead. I once heard someone say that the battle for our heart and our souls is fought on the pages of our calendar. And I think this is so true. So can I ask you a question? Do you begin your day well and with intention? Or are you the kind of woman who has to drag herself out of bed and find yourself playing catch up for the rest of the day? Because it's in those moments when you first wake up, in fact, it is actually the first hour of the morning, which acts as the rudder for the rest of your day. So if you're a woman who wants to start living a life of wholeness, then this is a really important practice to integrate the establishment of some really healthy life-giving routines into your day. And quite often this begins the night before, but we won't get ahead of ourselves. We'll take a look at our evening routine in a moment. But let's concentrate on how you can establish a healthy morning routine. So the experts say that you need to try and wake up and get up at the same time each day. And if you're in a bad habit of staying up too late and oversleeping, then this is a really good starting point. So just start by getting to bed at a reasonable hour so you're waking up feeling refreshed. Now, I know most people love their morning coffee and this is entirely up to you, but there's and there's no hard and fast rules, but starting your day with a glass of water is far more beneficial to your health. After several hours of no hydration while you're sleeping, a glass of water first thing in the morning replenishes what you've lost when you sleep. And then, of course, maintaining good hydration over the course of the day. I think we're meant to drink about three litres of water. I certainly often don't get anywhere near that. The next part of a good morning routine is to take some quiet time before the day begins. As Catholics, we really begin the day in prayer and quiet time with the Lord. And I find that when I neglect these moments, my day does not run as smoothly. And I'll often journal during these times and read scripture and also the practice of gratitude. Now, no matter what I'm facing or going through, gratitude is something that I do without fail because it helps shift my focus from all the things that could go wrong to the providence of God. And the final thing I do is just review my goals or what I hope to achieve during that day. So then I have a clear plan of how I am going into the day. But as I said before, quite often this begins and a good morning routine begins the night before in setting yourself up 
the night before to come into the morning so that it will run smoothly. So this really involves getting enough sleep and this is really important. Most people don't get enough sleep and we might do another whole podcast on that another time. But I think getting adequate sleep and having healthy routines are intimately linked. And so a change in one area is going to have a powerful knock-on effect in all the other areas of your life. So in establishing a healthy evening routine, I'm going to give you a couple of insights. And this is all really practical stuff, but you would be surprised at how many women just don't even think this way and don't do this. And then when they do, the changes that they experience are really incredible. So the first thing I'd say, the first insight I'll give you in terms of establishing an evening routine is set your bedtime. Now, if you're in the habit of staying up too late, rather than set your bedtime four hours earlier, simply bring it forward by 30 minutes. So then you eventually reach the ideal bedtime for you. I think when you make drastic changes like going to bed four hours early, you can end up waking up in the night, which is counterproductive. The second insight is to introduce sleep boosting practices. Now, studies show that establishing a good wind down routine means that when you come to turn the lights out, your body's actually primed and in an optimal state to fall asleep. So not only can you get to sleep, but then you have quality sleep. So it's the one or two hours before you go to bed that you should really be implementing many of these sleep boosting practices. Some of these are setting your bedroom temperature so it's cooler, so approximately 18 degrees, reading a book instead of watching TV, going screen free one hour before bed, having a time of prayer, practicing the daily examine. This is a beautiful practice to end the day with. Taking a warm bath, writing in your journal, focusing on the things you're grateful for, Writing a book down in case you've got like this endless to-do list on your mind, actually having a pen and paper there so you can get it out of your head and onto paper. It'll all be there in the morning. (laughs) Cutting out caffeine and alcohol before bed. Studies show that caffeine even up to six hours before bed can impact the quality of your sleep. Sleeping in a dark room. Studies also show that the smallest amount of light can disrupt your sleep. So leaving devices outside the bedroom, covering the alarm clock, having good blinds, blocking out distractions. So if you sleep in a busy part of town where you've got noise going on, sleep with earplugs or white noise to block out external sounds. Another one is eating well throughout the day. And then finally, not engaging in high intensity exercise in the morning. Um, in the evening, sorry, saving that for the morning because it elevates your stress hormone cortisol and it makes it harder for you to go to sleep. So yeah, so establishing a bedtime, introducing sleep boosting practices. Number three, get organized the night before. Now, if you're not a morning person, it can be really hard to get out of bed in the morning and get into the flow of the day. So once your day begins, you can feel like you're on a freight train that won't stop until you collapse at the end of the day and then you've just got to do it all over again. So what I want you to do is I want you to have a think about what actually holds you up in the morning. Do you spend too long deciding what to wear? Do you struggle to get your belongings together and get out the door? Do you have a kitchen sink full of dirty dishes from the night before? And if you're a mum, are you running to the grocery store at 7am because you run out of milk? This is me often, actually. So I want you to have a think about what it is for you. And then I want you to spend 10 to 20 minutes each evening preparing for the day ahead. So there are many little things that you can change that have a powerful impact on your peace and well-being. So if you struggle with deciding on an outfit, 
put your clothes, iron them and put them in the bathroom the night before so you're ready to go. Pack your bag and have everything by the front door. Go to bed with a clean kitchen. Set time aside each week to meal plan so you're not going to the grocery store multiple times during the week. So there's lots of little things that seem insignificant, but these minor changes actually can change a whole lot for you. It might seem counterproductive to press pause and to look at your routines in order to get more order in your life. But I think this is really important. I really want to encourage you to just press pause. If you want to email me at karen at geniusproject.co, I have a sheet, um, a reflection sheet actually, that can help you take inventory of your life. So it looks at what's working, what's not working, what areas are confused, what areas need attention. And I think in building out healthy routines, it's a really good idea to start by taking an inventory of your life and pressing pause for a day or half a day and just devoting some time to this so that you can identify those areas which really do need attention. Because The truth is we're women, right? So our lives are busy and we have a lot going on. But I truly believe that we can overestimate what we can do in a day. We underestimate what we can actually do in a month. And so if you can take this time out, I think you'll find it to be a really valuable exercise in creating a healthy routine for your life. So there's lots of little things that you can do, but I really want to encourage you to incorporate some of these things into your evening and your morning routine. And and these are really around self-care. And this is a big one for women and it's different to self-love. Self-care is really about nurturing your soul. And I think we'll do a whole new episode just on self-care, maybe next week. But some of the things that you need to incorporate into having a healthy routine, exercise, good food, nutrition, play and recreation. This is the chance for you to like recreate, to be restored. Being in nature, having prayer, connection with others and using your gifts and your creativity. So we will do another episode on all those things. DM me on Instagram or email me at karen at geniusproject.co if you'd like that inventory sheet. But I just really want to encourage you to start. I think as women, we get so stuck in that trap and that stronghold of perfectionism that we don't take any action at all because we're scared of either getting it wrong or we think that we need to get all these things in order before we actually start. But I have this great saying, and I really want to encourage you towards it, and that is to take imperfect action actually take massive imperfect action to move you towards a place of restoration and wholeness, you actually have to begin. So identify before this podcast ends just two things that you are going to do to build out your routine and I promise you, you won't regret it. So there's some some tips and ideas. I think also journaling and having prayer time at the end of the day is so, so important. It just allows our soul time to come back to ourselves, to come back to the Lord before we go to sleep. And I really encourage you to get into this rhythm and get into this practice because it's so important and it can really transform your life. When it comes to making changes to our routines and our schedules, it's really important to remember this one piece of wisdom, and that is that it is the small things done consistently that make all the difference. It's not some big overhaul. Often our New Year's resolutions don't stick because there's too many of them and they're too grand. 
But if you can just choose a couple of things to implement each day and each week, then you will start to experience change and transformation. I love this quote by Saint Escriva. He says, to reform a little each day, this must be your constant concern if you really want to become a saint. And that involves our interior life, but also our exterior life and how we're living day to day, because it all is interlinked. We are whole human people, body, mind, soul, and spirit. And so how we're living, how we're rushing about during the day has a direct impact on our interior peace and our soul. And so I really want to encourage you to just build out and start to establish some routines, bookend your day, reclaim that first and last hour of the day as sacred hours just for you where you can meet with the Lord and you can be really intentional about how you're going to live your life throughout that day. So I hope some of that's helpful. If you are interested in going deeper, if this resonates with you, if you are a woman who feels overextended, overscheduled, living in chaos, living in depletion and exhaustion, and you want to change, well, I'd love to invite you to be part of the Masterclass for Catholic Women. The next intake is beginning in June, so you can send me an email email at karen at geniusproject.co and we would love to walk through this with you. The masterclass is an eight-week, nine-module course. It also has group coaching strategy sessions where every fortnight throughout the course, we are all coming together on Zoom and I'm working with you as your strategist through the video content that you've had in each module. We also do a lot of practical application work. So If you just sit and passively listen to a talk, you might retain 10% of that a month later. But if you're writing and you're doing, and then if you're interacting with others, and then if you're actually implementing that in your own life, that jumps to about an 80 or 90% retention rate for what you're learning. And so the masterclass and the mastermind model is really powerful if you want to create lasting and sustainable change in your life to live a life of wholeness in Christ Jesus. So I invite you to join us on the journey. I hope that you have a beautiful week until next week. God bless you and we'll see you back here next week.